0: Welcome to Beer and Ray Guns, the podcast. We're uh, two kind of old guys, crack a cold one, talk a little sci-fi, a little sci-fact, and try to answer that age-old question of our generation. Where are the freaking flying cars? I didn't see any this week. None. Was it yeah, zero? me neither. No, no, no. It was yeah, it was not a week for flying cars.
1: Although I'll tell you, one thing I did see this week that was interesting it was not a flying car, but an autogyro. Ooh. The air, I live near the airport, and I'm actually in the the loop for planes that like to practice landing. So I mm-hmm. get to see planes a lot. And recently, I have been hearing something really unusual, and I looked up, and sure enough, there it it it's an autogyro. It's like a little teeny weeny helicopter with big <laughs> blades, and and it's open cockpit, and it's. It looks it looks like a bug. It
0: looks like an insect. Every time I hear about an Allodjaro, all I get is that scene from Mad Max in my head.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is a little little more, you know, a little less beat up than that, but it yeah, it sounds like a lawnmower. Well, it's like I a imagine, flying
0: lawnmower. I imagine its engine isn't much bigger than a lawnmower. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh, but speaking of lawnmowers and futures and Maybe flying cars. Oh, this is going to be good. Cars. Yeah. My son does landscaping. He's got his own landscaping company, right? And he sends me this, uh, and, 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 and I'm constantly on him. You're going to be electric. Don't, don't. and he's like, no, dad, no way, no way. Well, Toro now has this electric stand-up lawnmower. <gasps> professionally. Really? Yeah. it's. Oh, wisp- oh. He sends me a photo of it with his question mark, and I'm like, see, 10 years? You just plug them into the back. And he's like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's going
0: to be so cool. Yeah. Whisper quiet until you turn the blades on. And then it kind of sounds like a lawnmower, but not nearly as loud. But it's sure. a stand-up, all electric. I don't know I have a lot of the stats on it, but I was like, oh, this is cool. And here we go. Here we go. The dominoes are falling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, okay.
1: That You know, if, uh, if it gets to the point where you can do, like, industrial type stuff like lawn care with it then you know you've arrived
0: yeah yeah i keep joking with him i don't know what's going to come first the electric lawn mowers or the drones (laughs) 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 just pull into a neighborhood your trailer opens up all these things come flying out of it and they cut all the yards and
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah so it'll cool. have propellers on top and, and propellers on the bottom.
0: Well, well, no, maybe there's like drones that pick them up and then they, they drop them in the yards and they cut and they trim and then they pick oh. them back up and bring them back and charge them. Yeah. Like little yard Roombas. <laughs> there we go. Oh my I, gosh, what a. I, I, oh, I want to live in that world. <laughs> I know Husqvarna makes a robotic uh, lawn 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 mower lawn care system no it's like this kidding. giant Roomba that lives outside and cuts the grass
1: i would so love to see that uh, it's so
0: cool it's, it's so especially
1: cool. watching them chase the birds and the squirrels out <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. all right the big question or oh, not the big question the first question of the night what's what, what's the brew of choice The brew of choice tonight is
1: from a local brewery who I have not tried before. Uh, It is Old Mother Brewing Company here in Frederick, Maryland. And the beer is an American lager called Hank.
0: Oh, I have tried Hank. Hank is not bad. You have tried Hank. I have tried
1: Hank. All right, here's Hank. Oh, Hank pops. Oh. Oh, Hank, you're foaming. <laughs> uh, oh, Hank just dribbled everywhere. God, Hank, I can't take you anywhere. God, jeez, man. Oh, no. What are I... you
0: drinking? Hurry, save us. All right, all right. So <laughs> I am drinking from Founders Brewery, Dirty Bastard, <laughs> <laughs> a Scottish-style ale. <laughs> Oh, Which we is, are
1: so getting an explicit rating yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going
0: to have to check that box on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ex- yeah, rated explicit for beer discussion.
0: discussions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, graphic it, this is, alcohol. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, the, 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 Scottish, uh, the Scottish Ale's pr- pretty good. I, I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, haven't
1: tried Hank yet, but...
0: I'm curious what you're going to think of Hank. Yeah,
1: yeah, he he, he looks like he he looks like my kind of guy. So.
0: <laughs> I will tell you what I thought of Hank. The first sip I had, this is what Bud could have been. <laughs> <laughs>
1: god I'm, I'm i'm worried about taking a drink of it because i just know i'm gonna burst out laughing i'm just gonna spray it all over the monitor <sighs> just have to like start over again wipe my screen down
0: oh yeah we we, we, we need to get those tokens going so we can level up the video
1: <laughs> yes yes please folks smash that like button
0: <laughs> oh all right So tonight's discussion is not going to be about beer names. No, (laughs) (laughs) we have hit that pretty much, Uh, but it it could be about names, about words and interesting uses of words. And and, and that would be some some of the sci-fi authors that have kind of left impressions on us or things that we remember, you know, from our youth with with reading science fiction, because I've got a couple that really stand out that, you know, it was like I can remember everything. And then I've got ones that I know I read, but I can't remember them. Does oh, that make sense?
1: You mean like you remember bits of the story? But, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, rem- I remember reading Dune because when the movie came out, I was like, that's how you pronounce that?
1: Cuisinart <laughs> <laughs> queez, queez, <queezinart> hatchback. What? I <laughs> don't <laughs>
0: oh that's good
1: <laughs> no i i absolutely yeah when when you when you hear it or or when they cast someone that totally does not look like what you imagine that person to be when you were reading the book
0: yes 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 absolutely or it's just the opposite and you're like wow that's that's almost how I saw her, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's the book—the one science fiction book that stands out the most to me—is Carl Sagan's *Contact*. I, I, oh. Absolutely, I, I, that book. That book is like listening to a Bach concerto. There are wheels within wheels and layers within layers, and it's got this beautiful orchestration to it. And it circles around. And when you finish the book, you realize that you are exactly where you started. But it was a Möbius loop, and you're on the opposite side. And it was—it is just uh, the book was so good. And then the movie came along, and I was like, "That's kind of how I saw Ellie. That's 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 kind of how I saw her, you know." Interesting. Yeah, and it and the movie kind of the movie kind of stayed true to the book. There was some stuff in the book that didn't happen in the movie, but it was just this. It, it felt very real. If that makes any sense, you know it wasn't just sure. sl- outstanding fantasy and you know giant sand worms or or whatever, but it was. I can get a grasp on this and I understand this concept, and then it took me for a really wonderful ride. Yeah, yeah. That
1: Carl Sagan was such a brilliant communicator, and he had a great year for language. He was a really good writer and his fiction sings yeah, yeah. That, yeah it, and that that translated really well into the movie i mean i think there was a visual poetry that they that they captured that mm-hmm. i think the movie the, i think the movie veered a little too much into the schmaltz but <laughs> the book you know i maybe that was there in the book and i didn't see it but i yeah he he is a great writer nonfiction or fiction
0: oh d- oh definitely and that's funny because you know some of the other great writers were scientists you know i mean you got yeah asimov and um clark do you think being a a really good scientist makes you a better science fiction writer
1: well you know it's funny because you you mentioned clark and for me one of the reasons that i i personally am not a huge fan of Clark's writing. I mean, I, the movies that have been made of his work, I think are outstanding pieces of film, but his writing to me is very, very dry. And I think it's been part because he's such a scientist. He gets really down into the technical weeds and he has his characters doing, or he himself is going, is doing a lot of exposition and he really wants to make sure that you understand how the nuts and bolts work. And you know, techno thriller is one thing, but I, I get lost in those weeds when I read Clark. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like the characters and the plot are subordinate to the science. It's, it's, it's like those, the people are there to make this, to, to serve as backdrops for cool science fiction devices for, for Clark. Well, and yeah. that's just personal. I mean that that's purely a personal thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. style thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, two thousand and one was. Yeah. See, so well, the thing it? about
1: two thousand and one is that the book was written after the movie, and the short story that they based the movie on is actually it's okay. I mean, it, it's tighter because it's a short story. It's not a full length novel, but. Um, so he doesn't get hugely bogged down in the details that I remember. It's been a long time since I've read it, but the novel that, that we all know and, and remember not necessarily love (coughs) is, was after the fact. Uh So I don't know how much that borrowed, you know, I mean, when when you're basing it, when, when, when it's visual first, then you have something to use for your description. Yeah, as opposed to your imagination. Yep. yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, uh, what what about scientists like like Asimov? One of
1: the things I love about Isaac Asimov is that yeah, he was a scientist, but the guy was the guy wanted to be a gumshoe detective writer. <laughs> I mean, he wrote Damon Runyon stuff. I mean, you read his old stuff, and it's like. You know, it, it's like, yeah, she had a face to make a vicar kick out a stained glass window. You know, he, he wrote that kind of stuff. And his his characters are wisecracking and smug. And they whip out a pistol and they they have a shootout. And it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful, old school, classic, because, um, you know, pulp stuff. And later yeah. on when he started yeah. doing, you know, it, he got more famous and he got more popular and he had more room to do things like foundation and and the big expansive stuff, then yeah, but his roots were always in good old fashioned I got to sell a story if I want to eat this week kind of <laughs> fiction. So he was always a storyteller first. Oh. Uh, in my humble opinion.
0: I remember reading and starting the foundation. I remember re- reading the first book but I don't remember much of it, and I know mm. I never got through it. Which,
1: I'll tell you, I never, I haven't, I started reading it, and, and I never finished. the Martian, you know, I, all that stuff. I just, I, yeah. yeah. I started, because yeah. you have to, right? I mean, it's an obligatory thing. If you, you know, you, you're going to find yourself at some, you're, you're going to find yourself at some con someday in, in in a con suite with some guy who's, Got some really good scotch, and someone's going to start going on about the Foundation trilogy, and you gotta gotta be able to hold your own. <laughs> and right.
0: now, here we are, many, many, many years past that, and they're going to finally there. There's a movie. Apple Apple TV Plus is now right. that Foundation.
1: I'm and looking forward to watching it so that I can remember what I read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's just it. I'm thinking. Do I start watching it or do I reread the book again?
1: <laughs> nah, save the save the time. Watch the thing.
0: Uh, did, so, what stood out for you when 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 you were a younger younger Paul and coming up and you were reading science fiction as a kid? The first the
1: first science fiction I read was um, actually probably you know not surprising to all the listeners both of our listeners who have heard me go on about this but the first science fiction i read frankly was star trek related yeah because that was my star trek was my intro to science fiction and at the time james blish was working on his his screen adaptation uh his novels based on the uh screenplays so that was my first exposure and you know james blush was an established science fiction writer i Mm -hmm. discovered many years later and you know he he was just redoing he was just rewriting the scripts and he was rewriting early scripts so that they were often very different from the final shows which made them intriguingly different enough that it was like almost like reading a new story Mm -hmm. but the first yeah, and then and then from there I branched out and read. You know the Arthur Arthur C. Clarke Isaac Asimov, and Ray Bradbury, of course.
0: Oh, yeah, you know. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Got you. Got to read. You know, you're you're a, you're a kid. You're you're a at least back in my back when we were young. You know, if you were a young guy, you got to read. You know, Ray Bradbury, uh, Ray Bradbury, and 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 all those guys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I became. I was very fortunate that I became. I hit my rebellious teenager streak when um, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy came out (laughs) and boy, was that perfectly timed because that was the filter through which I viewed the world for many, many good years. It took me right into college, you know, Monty Python's Monty Python's flying circus was my first exposure to British humor and monty python handed me off to douglas adams and the hitchhiker's guide and that just that permanently changed my view of how you can look at the world and i'm so grateful
0: for yeah it. yeah 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 just that's us just stick the fish in my ear
1: <laughs> yes and i'm you know I one of the things that you know when when you talk to other hitchhikers fans the the question is you know what was the first thing for you did was it the books was it the radio play or was it the 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 tv show cuz and then, you know obviously the movie came later mm-hmm. but it was going to be one of those three for people of my generation and for me it was honestly um it was the books first because i guess what happened was the books were getting widely distributed just as they were getting ready to do the TV show. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this looks like a good book. I know I'm hearing people talk about it. I pick it up. I start reading it. Then boom, the show shows up on PBS, right? And it's like, this is the greatest, funniest, awesomest. (laughs) I love that. And it wasn't until years, years and years and years later that I went back and, and listened to the radio version. And I'll, I have to admit, and I'm ashamed to admit it but hey, we're all friends here, is that I still have never actually finished my way th- all the way through the radio. Program. Oh, wow. See, see, I didn't even
0: know there was a radio. I didn't my there understanding was radio
1: is show. it started as a radio program.
0: I, I remember reading the book in high school, but yeah, there was a lot of other things happening back then, so it didn't quite stick with me. Um, I don't quite remember the TV show because I was kind of caught up. I was like <sighs> deep into Star Trek and Twilight oh, Zone. Yeah and then the movie came along and i'm like this is good and then i went back to the book and went oh yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's really funny because the movie is the movie is cast to utter perfection i there's no they they cast them there's nobody else you want to play Arthur Dent, than <laughs> our you know that guy who's just of course his name just went the heck out of my head, but you know first time you ever saw him was in the British version of The Office, and then he's in Sh- well Sherlock came later, but yeah. it's like oh my god this he's absolutely the perfect guy for Arthur Dent, and then of course Alan Rickman as the voice of Marvin. It's like, okay, that's it. You had me. The moment I heard that he's doing Marvin, it's like, that's it. Okay, I, I'm there. I don't care. I'm, I'm there. Um,
0: that's Martin uh, Freeman. Yeah, Martin yeah, Freeman, of yeah, course. That, that was a as, long way from, 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 from Officer McCain <laughs> in the Nakatomi Towers. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, yes.
0: Yeah. But it was absolutely perfect. I mean, you, you can't read the book now and not hear that. Right, right, exactly. Oh, well.
1: he, uh, <laughs> I am very partial to the voice of the original Marvin in in the series. <laughs> I I have to admit, but you know, I think he would have been proud. Yeah, I hopefully he. I think he was still around, but the, he. You know, the guy who did the original voice of Marvin died two years ago i think i saw his obit and it's like oh no
0: Oh wow! voice
1: of a generation you
0: know. yeah oh wow
1: but uh yeah i the books are wonderful because you know it was a trilogy mm-hmm. and then they came out with so long and thanks for all the fish the fourth <laughs> book in the trilogy <laughs> and i just thought that was you know that was the first time that <laughs> I had never seen that kind of a non sequitur. And you know? I was like, fourth book in a trilogy? Oh, oh that's rich. <laughs> that's so funny. That was British. That's so British. You know, I was like, uh, absolutely. And then he did, and then he did um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency and the sequel to that, which was The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. And I am a huge Dirk Gently fan.
0: Oh, where did I? And they
1: that, made two series out of it. They tried to. They tried a series not too long after the books came out, which yeah. is really hard to find, and was really pretty good. And then they tried it again a few years ago, and that was also pretty good. And then neither of them went anywhere.
0: They, oh, they both I got just canceled. I just heard or saw something about that. I hope they reboot it. Please tell oh. me they're rebooting it. Oh no, I don't know. I, I just, just just so good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I saw it pop up someplace. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I heard that. Oh, well.
1: Probably on BritBox or (laughs) one of the other
0: British (laughs) channels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those were good. Those were good. Those were good.
1: Total trivia here. Uh, There is Doctor Who crossover in... um, in the Hitchhiker's Guide series, the the actress who played um, Trillian was uh, Peter Davison's wife, doctor number five. And Peter Davison himself actually has a bit part in Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, wow. But you'd never recognize him. (laughs) He played the dish of the day. Remember when they're at the the restaurant at the end of the universe and they br- and and they, they bring over the the uh, it's like a cow or something. Yeah. And it's it's like a sentient thing and you know and and you know uh Arthur Dent's like I can't eat this. I I'm talking to it. I'm having a conversation with it. And and he's like, "Oh no, 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 really, it's okay. I am I was born to be killed to be eaten. I'm cool with it. I'm I'm happy to be your
0: dinner tonight." And it's like it's a
1: great moment, great
0: moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, so one of the earliest ones I remember reading, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, this is going to fit right in with the rest of the evening, I, can, I, I just know it. I remember reading, it's sort of, well, one could argue that it's science fiction, one could also argue that it's science fact, because it started the entire movement, and that was Chariots of the Gods. <laughs> oh my
1: god Eric Von Daniken um, yes. Ancient Astronauts
0: that book, that book and Contact made two of the biggest impressions on me and I'm like you couldn't get further from the spectrum yet closer together than two different books
1: <laughs> I'm looking at my shelf right now to see if I can find my copy of it because I still to this day absolutely have a copy of that book
0: yeah that was just it was oh my gosh this is what what's going on here is this is this real is this it's the it, it's uh, the uh, groundwork for for all of the
1: conspiracy theories that have come ever since i mean every 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 x files episode dealing with you know conspiracy theories owes it directly to von daniken
0: mm-hmm mm hmm yeah yeah because and that, i mean, this that was this
1: ancient secret we want to keep from people <laughs> because they're going to freak out if they discover the pyramids were really built by aliens
0: and they're nah. giant, giant batteries and power supplies
1: right yeah <laughs> and don't forget that you know that that ancient mayan depiction of an astronaut there
0: it's like he's obviously wearing a spacesuit. look he's got a helmet yeah <laughs> Hey, there's, there's similar drawings show up all over the place. And I think, d- despite the fact that it was, you know, there's, eh, there's some questionability about this. But the just fact a that... a little. Yeah, just a little. Uh, the fact that similar cultures had similar things is what got me going, what is going on here? Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it happened, you know, contemporaneously with each other to, to some extent. And... You know, there's similar pyramids and drawings here, and then on this side of the world, there's right. similar pyramids and drawings there, and it's like, wait a minute, were were they in contact with one another? Because if they, if they were, we're misunderstanding what our abilities were as humans in that era, and right. if they weren't... How did all of this happen? Was there some kind of collective consciousness that caused it kind of thing? You know, so it it opened up a lot of questions and opened a lot of doors. And and that stuck with me for a long time. And then, then, like I said, you know, as I got a little bit older, still, you know, the teenager, contact came along. And I'm like, hmm. If any of that was right and they're really out there, this is how they would probably this is this is a reasonable way to to, to make contact, and if yes. that happens, what do we do? You know, and and, that, and I've I've always had that question rolls in my head about once twice a week. Well, if they're out there, what do we do? <laughs> huh. Huh. What are we going to do? Because it would just it would shake everything. And then I'm scared, yeah. you know. Then, then I'm scared because then they'll, they'll 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 come here, and you know, our television signals got stronger, and you know, maybe they're they're close enough where they 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 just started learning from us from the seventies, and and they'll come here with bell bottoms and big collars, and their spaceship will look like the Partridge Family bus, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: they'll 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 try to communicate with us by forming a a, a, a band. <laughs> And singing and, you know, banging cymbals and... and <laughs> Drop Scooby snacks everywhere for us to yeah. follow. <laughs> oh, man. That would be so groovy, man. You know, you've, you've given me a... It, I, I never thought of it this way until now, but what you're describing makes me think that Galaxy Quest <laughs> is somebody's <laughs> idea of exactly that. <laughs> That's what that's what inspired somebody read somebody read contact and went, what if this went horribly wrong?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. You misinterpreted that. No, no,
1: no, no. Cause you know, somebody somebody had this conversation when they're reading Contact and they're like, what are they gonna do if 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 they're getting in touch with us because they found the Hitler thing, yeah. the Hitler footage, what happens when they get to Star Trek?
0: <laughs> They're going to have to send somebody here to investigate this documentary. No, 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 no. My, my, that's not my fear. My fear is the Brady Bunch. We have come for Alice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, now see that would make a great movie in its own right. Kind of a cross between Galaxy Quest and like Pleasantville. <laughs>
0: And they'll be walking around and it's like, we still don't understand this British humor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the British are like, well, neither do we actually.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. Imagine if there's like, the, w- imagine if we go out into space and we find out that there's a galactic federation that... Every, that consists of planets that have all modeled themselves on different eras of Earth television. Oh my God. You go to the Star Trek planet, you go to the Brady Bunch planet, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of like third season Star Trek, you know, it's like, let's go to the gangster planet. No, let's go to the Nazi planet. planet you know? There we go. <laughs> oh,
0: Planet Backlotia 4. <laughs> Meanwhile, some of us is like, hey, look, I'm going to hang out with Shaggy and Scooby because I know what's happening in that van. (laughs) 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 Are there any
1: more stories about that? Any more good shows that cover that sort of thing?
0: Well, I mean, you know, Von Daniken gave birth to the entire ancient alien theory. Yes. 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 You know, and, and and there's a you know there's there's a lot of legitimate people looking at it and and I think there's some, you know, mainstream archaeologists that might go we're not saying it's aliens. <laughs> I don't have the I you don't just have the, did hair. the meme.
1: <laughs> you just did the meme. I mean I turned to you. Oh God. <laughs> You just you just enacted a meme, <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen. That is a first for beer and ray guns here. Next week you'll see, he'll uh, next week I'll be a screaming lady and he'll be a pissed off cat. <laughs> I'll be I'll be angrily yelling and pointing at him and he'll be sitting in front of a behind a plate of food hissing at me.
0: You'll <laughs> be like you'll see it here. It'll be like I a original series. Discovery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll show up. I'll show up in a spacesuit and say, "Always has been."
0: <laughs> oh. you know who else? You know who else made an impression? It was William Gibson. Ah, uh, sure. You've got to put that in sci-fi. Very, very. I mean,
1: yeah, he defined. Yeah. He defined the '80s. For oh, he defined it genre, and, oh. oh, he defined a genre. He
0: defined it a subgenre of science well, fiction. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't have you know, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, and yeah, yeah, and, and it was it was a good book. It was a good read. I liked oh, yeah, it yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah,
1: I, the thing that I remember most about the cyberpunk influence is that it um, it spawned a whole bunch of short stories. In Omni magazine, Mm -hmm. which I was an avid reader of at the time. Mm -hmm. And the, the late lamented great Omni magazine, you know, used to publish a lot of really, really good short fiction. And after, after that came, after his stuff started coming out, a lot of the short stories started taking a real cyberpunk bent because it was so cool. And there were some really good stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, that too is, I remember reading some short stories. I remember in school, I I think it was seventh grade. We read, um, we had these, these, these books and there was a short story in there by Bradbury called the weapon. You ever heard of that? It was good. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then speaking of, of, of lost stories. I remember I remember reading this story. It was it was it was a short story. And it was in this book that I swear was called The Lightmaker or the Code of the Lightmaker, but not the Code of the Lightmaker, which was written by somebody else whose name escapes me right now. This was a whole collection of short stories. And this one short story was about um, this company that built universes. And the head of the company that was responsible for building the universes was called the General Operations Director. God.
1: <laughs> I love it. And
0: it was a whole story that went through this process about, and I remember bits and pieces of it, but they were they were trying to figure out. It, they were trying to figure out ducks, and they were like, well, well, do they need life jackets? Do they need life preservers? I mean, <laughs> we, we have codes that we have to follow. And it, it kind of had this very kind of British sense of humor about it. I have never been able to find this short story anywhere. I search the internet about once every year or two, uh, look, going, oh, I want to find that short story. And it never comes oh, up. Really? Yeah. You still
1: haven't found it?
0: No. did you? Don't tell me you just found it. <laughs> no i'm i, I, I yeah. was gonna go look for it yeah but. i have never found it it's i, I thought the book was called the light maker or the story was called the light maker uh-huh yeah and then it, then sometimes it gets confused and all i get is the code of the Lightmaker, which was written by i um who was that jeez that that that's i should know this
1: but it was not that person
0: no it was not that person no it was code of the light J- uh, James P. Hogan. It was Code of the Life Maker. Oh, is what it gets confused sure. with. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was a really kind of clever, cleverly written, really good short story. And you know, and I remember that. And 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 you know, um, I, I I can't find it. So
1: that's weird. Yeah, that's frustrating because there there have over the years there have been a couple of. Well, one was a movie and. That that I that I remember watching on TV late night and and uh, eventually did find it through round of, wonderfully roundabout means. But there is there is there is over the years there have been like little short stories or books or that I re- things that I remember reading or watching and going I
0: what was that and mm-hmm.
1: you know every now and then you'll just throw it out on a forum and say you know all i remember is that it had this character and
0: he did this thing and
1: oh i think you was it this oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and and, and, and that goes along with uh, in 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 one of our earlier podcasts we talked about the the this the the movie where at the end the guy's on the outside and realizes that their entire life they're living on this spaceship are right. this like yes. asteroids? We still thin. don't know what that. was. I still have no clues to what that is. Yeah,
1: there's one that I have, and I'll put this out there because who knows? Somebody, maybe you know you or somebody listening might know this, but I it was. Um, I'm convinced I saw this. It was a TV. It was a TV show. It was black and white, so it, w- it was like a Twilight Zone, Outer Limits kind of mm-hmm. scenario, and it was about. This guy, he was running around trying to warn people about this impending disaster. And, you know, the the end of the world was coming and people were just completely oblivious to it. And there's like chaos in the streets and he's running around. I, I remember a vivid scene of like streets being flooded and cars being washed down the road and he's he's running around and it, there, there's this really surreal moment where he runs into a, a room where there are these ladies playing like bridge or something mm-hmm. and they're completely oblivious to the disaster that's going on and he's like no we have to get out we have to you have to try and save yourselves and they're like you know go away or something it, it it's just this flash of a scene that, uh-huh. that is really vivid. It's like one of these days, I I don't know if it's a if after all these years, it's like three or four different things that are all conflated together. Like maybe the scene with the cars washing down the street was different from the guy running into the room. You
0: know, it, it's, it could have been a Twilight Zone episode. It it
1: sounds like a twilight yeah. zone in my head. The image that I have is very twilight zone looking because yeah. it, it's it's very black and white and it's very nineteen fifties.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Paramount Paramount Plus has all the episodes.
1: Uh, I'm gonna have
0: to. I started well, one of these
1: days. I should marathon. Back in the days when they used to do like twilight zone marathons on like was it Halloween or New Year's yeah. Eve or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it just celebrated uh it's 60th anniversary i think i think it was 60 60th anniversary uh of its release a few years ago Yeah. uh no it was this year i think was 60
1: really yeah, yeah oh, okay
0: 2021 um i think so let me let me double check that because i know it was in uh it kept popping up in my twitter feed and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go watch some twilight zone tonight and i was like you know <sighs> yeah i i asked the, the 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 computer who knows everything siri <laughs> not the one who thinks she knows everything um well actually that's probably the broad, uh, that's probably the other way around to be honest yeah. Yeah. well anyway she pulled it up on paramount plus and I was like oh cool cuz i remember uh years ago i used to have the entire twilight zone series in dvd oh nice and, during one of the many moves that we made many many years ago, it got misplaced. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking. It was like I, I'm never, I'm never. What am I supposed to? am never moving do? again. What, what, what am I supposed to do? They're they're all gone now. I'm never going to be able to watch some of these Twilight Zone episodes. I mean, it's not like they're just going to show up one day and I can just press a button and watch them. And then here we are, years later. It's like, hey, I can just press this button and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it it gets to the point where I've paid for I there are albums that I have paid and movies that I have paid for you know like I have paid for this movie on VHS <laughs> and DVD, and then I have bought it again on Amazon, and then I have bought it again on Amazon because I bought it on my account, and we're logged in on Mary Joe's account, and I don't want to log out and log in again, because Roku's a pain in the butt about that. So you know what? I'll just plunk down 10 bucks and buy it again. And I know I'm not the only one who does that. But Talk about writers of influence. Uh, Rod Serling and The Twilight Zone oh. is... A, Absolutely, epical. I mean, he—he just—he is absolutely one of the great geniuses of television writing. And and, and is it's so, a masterclass, yeah,
0: and so subtle with driving these points. Just yep, watch yep, this. And you're like, oh, 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 that's
1: what that was about.
0: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, first yeah. um first series premiered in nineteen fifty nine, and I believe it was in October. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Original Okay, here we go. So so I checked the Twilight Zone. Yes. The original lease was October second, nineteen fifty nine. So wow. if my math is correct, that's sixty years, right?
1: uh as of a couple of years ago
0: all right so my math is wrong
1: <laughs> i hate to say it but I, I don't know if you've lost track of the year but it's 2021 and oh.
0: uh fifty nine to 69 to 79 to 89 to 99 to 19 <laughs> 62 years
1: okay 62 years that's fine that, that, mm. all right i just i knew it wasn't a round number
0: but do you know something i thought we decided that we weren't counting half of 2019 and all of 2020 oh well
1: in that case you're right and that you know what i forgot about that shoot you're absolutely right it's 60 years old and we're we've all haven't aged that that year just turned out to be a bad memory I, that's like a hangover
0: yeah, yeah. it's scottish ale Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, t- tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we we had a Hank, a dirty bastard, and some rambling about written words that yeah that we vaguely remember, and I can't add.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice summary there. <laughs> nice, nice way to abstract that
0: up. Nice, uh, nicely yeah. done. And we're not saying it's aliens, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, you, you saw some live performance of memes here this evening, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's, that's all for this show, and I'm really not sure how this is going to turn out. So if you're hearing this, we made it through. <laughs>
1: congratulations on sticking with us we thank you
0: Uh, join us next time when we will we'll crack a cold one and figure out what the hell we're gonna do (laughs) i hope you enjoy
1: the ride as much as we do folks see you then